0: Welcome to the Life Purpose Podcast, the podcast that supports you in finding and embodying your purpose. My name is Paul Isari, and I am your host. In this episode, you'll get to hear the second part of my conversation with Thomas Björkman. If you didn't already listen to the first part, I recommend doing that first. In this part, we'll look at the questions of why purpose is important, what we can do in order to create a more purpose-infused society, and what a world infused with purpose might look like. Before we dive into the episode, I just want to take a brief moment, less than a minute, to share about a webinar that I'll be hosting soon. It's a free online workshop on the foundations of purpose discovery, It's mainly aimed at experienced spiritual seekers who are turning their attention from the inner work to the outer work. It's for people who have devoted a significant part of their life to deep spiritual practice, and who now want to make a difference in the world, but who do not know where to start. If you're looking for a way to get to a place where you feel fully aligned with your calling, a place where you're 100% engaged in contributing towards a better world, in a way that feels deeply meaningful to you, my guess is that this workshop will open up new possibilities for you. You're warmly invited to go to paulisari.com slash webinar to find out more and to sign up if you wish to participate. Okay, so let's dive into the second part of my conversation with Thomas Björkman. I hope you'll enjoy it.
1: I didn't choose the
0: purpose. I think the purpose chose me
1: or I connected with something that, that didn't leave me much
0: choice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's certainly my experience, when um, that when people truly connect to their soul purpose at a deep level, that it's really not a matter of choice whether one is going to follow that or not. It's more like... Yeah, it's just obvious that, there's that that that's why we are he- here. And anything else would be kind of a violation of, of, of life force, in a sense.
1: Mm-hmm. But can I challenge that a bit?
0: Absolutely.
1: In the way that we're asking you the question um, on, on my journey there. Mm. If there is some, if that is reflecting a more general pattern, or if that was just my personal uh, journey, do do you think that you need to connect to this purpose first on a more intellectual basis before you connect in a more embodied way?
0: Mm. Well, actually, no. <laughs> Rather, the opposite. Like the way I work with purpose, it's very much, um, like a very common way to approach purpose is to reflect on purpose, um, to look at. The patterns in one's life, look at one's strengths and look at one's what one is passionate about and one's values and so forth, and kind of use that to identify one's purpose. And that's, that's all great, but in order to really get to one's soul purpose, I don't think that works. So 95% of my work is about helping a person connect to his or her soul, through different kinds of soul encounter techniques. And the information that comes in that process is not very rational. Mm-hmm. It's more symbols and visions. And, you know, it mm-hmm. can be a felt sense of purpose. It can, be, it can have a bit of a mythic quality. And optimally, you'll find at some point that you will have a true soul encounter where your mythopoetic identity is revealed. And that's that's not rational in any way, <laughs> and yeah. then a- afterwards you can, of course, and it's helpful to use your rational mind to make sense of it. But, but even more important than that is to integrate those images, integrate your soul image, your mythopoetic identity in your, you know, body and in your being in a full yeah. way.
1: Yeah. But the reason why I'm asking that is, is that. Um, we 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 have a problem in today's society, and yeah. especially if we look at this again developmental journey, and as we lo- we we lost religion to a large uh, extent, yeah. at least the d- deeper religion we have still superficial. I mean the, Religion. I mean, if you look at the Christians in the US or, or whatever, I mean, you can't really call that religion in any truer sense. Mm. So, sorry if I offended of the <laughs> listeners now. <laughs> Probably not so many of my <laughs> listeners. <laughs> um, um, but true religion, I mean, deep religion, I, 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 I respect, even if I'm, I'm not a, a, a religious uh, person. But as we've lost religion and society is not really dealing with this, well, our culture is not really dealing with this sort of finding our purpose. So again, we, we have a lot of people that that uh, are searching for purpose, whether they are aware of it or 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 not. And I think a lot of psychological ill health in today's society is this sort of lack of purpose, again, whether you know it or not. And If we just go on our feelings and our metopoietal feelings and then we connect with what we believe is our purpose. That has got a big chance of going wrong. Hmm. And you can just look at, for example, in in the US, I mean, a couple of weeks ago. I mean, many of the Trump supporters, they believe that they have found their purpose. Mm -hmm. They have perhaps for the first time in their lives connected to something deeper inside themselves that they feel that this is my purpose. I finally found my purpose. I want to to support Donald Trump in what he is doing or QAnon. um, or whatever great thing I'm now in contact with. And this resonates so deeply with what I feel inside. And now it doesn't matter what people say on a rational level, because I have found my purpose and I'm following my purpose. Yeah. So th- that is why I asked this, if, if we are too early just to connect with something that we believe is our purpose, without having any external guidance from culture or for, from religion or from spirituality or from our own uh, reason, then it might be, if, if, if I'm not fortunate enough to have you as my guide or someone else as a guide, <laughs> but I find uh, Donald Trump as my soul's purpose, H- how do we safeguard that Danger because purpose is such a powerful thing, yeah.
0: Well, I <clears throat> there may be a little bit of a confusion of terms here. Um, because like if we look at these people that you were talking about here the Trump supporters and the Storm of the Capitolium and, and the likes, um
1: you don't need to go that extreme i mean that that was just um, a
0: yeah.
1: very contemporary example but you can also look at some spiritual sects and mm. people fi- following a guru or yeah. Yeah. yeah believing that they have connected and then mm. and, and, and i'm sure they have i mean mm. they have really connected to something deep inside themselves on a mythopoetical level that's why it's so so strong but but it is certainly not it's it is certainly not a connection it it is certainly a connection to something inside you but it's something that is truly not aligned with this universal mm. purpose that some people would would call a, a a god's purpose or something like that or the universe the purpose of the universe if we stay 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 secular it it is certainly not at all aligned with that so how can we assure that whatever we are connecting with is at least pointing somehow in the right direction if not hundred percent aligned
0: Mm. yeah how can we assure that so firstly i'm just i'm just thinking that the kind of people still that you were referring to um, or the experience they are having that it's i'm not so sure that that's that they have actually connected to their mythopoetic identity or rather i would seriously doubt that it is a purpose that is very deeply felt so it's connected to emotion for sure but not any purpose that has a deep emotional resonance is necessarily your sole purpose, your mythopoetic identity. So I would really like to make that distinction. I,
1: I agree. I agree. But then, how do we discern? Yeah. And, and more, or perhaps even more importantly, how can we as a society help more of our members of society to discern? Mm -hmm. And to really know that that when you are connecting to something that feels very purposeful or strong within yourself, that that might not be your soul's purpose, your true soul's Mm -hmm. purpose that you are connecting with. Mm -hmm. And and how do you differentiate and how do you reach your soul's purpose? And, and what is stopping these people from reaching that? Is, is that psychological? I mean, could, could we go in and talk about shadows and, and traumas and, and, and things like that, that you might need to clear before you can get in touch with your true soul purpose? Or was it just bad luck? Had they found you instead of Donald, they might have gone your way. Yeah. I don't believe that. I think, it's, I think it's more to this than just being exposed to different, uh, yeah. different sources, so to say. I, I, I think that some false sources uh, can have even stronger appeal to you early on in your developmental journey. Mm.
0: Yeah. So f- in my understanding, it's really, really difficult to find your sole purpose without help. Um, it can certainly happen, uh, but it's uncommon, <laughs> especially in our culture that really doesn't have any support for it at all. <laughs> Um, Therefore, it gets really difficult. Mm. But even in a culture that would have some, you know, where that would be a part of of culture and supported, you would still need to have a guide in some sense, preferably. So I'm just in terms of like, um, if you have a a reliable guide (laughs) and that could be like in a in working one-on-one with someone or in a group. But as long as you have a reliable guide, I think that that's not really a concern. But of uh, course... No, and could, I, could I just
1: add one thing there? And of course, a guide would be the absolutely best, but um, that that is a, a scarce resource and it's yeah. it's costly. So yeah. we sh- we should try to have as many guides as possible. But then I also think that we could have guidance
0: yeah.
1: in our culture yeah. Yeah. and we could have a map and we could have a language
0: yeah. for this
1: that, that could also n- not replace the guide but provide some guidance uh, uh, in, in, in this journey but we don't have that either, so we have no no guide and no guidance. <laughs> so we are really we really left on our own without a map and we, we, without a without a guide, without a map, without a language for this. We are left on our own. So I mean, we shouldn't be surprised that things <laughs> things like Capitool is happening these days.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think in some sense, if we if we want to look at this through a bit of a more optimistic lens, it's um. People, you know, even that uh, horrible event was in some sort of, in some sense, an expression of people seeking purpose.
1: (laughs) No, no, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely.
0: So the the force, like within us, that is, and that wants to find purpose and to live purpose is so strong. And then, of course, since, yeah, as you say, we don't have much guidance in this in our culture then it it may find less skillful ways of expression yeah yeah i'm I'm not sure if if I have an answer for this society wide um question of of how to yeah we, yeah, as you said, we really need to develop a language for this, and this a good, this st-
1: good start could just be that we if 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 we don't want to use um, uh, religious language, we we could or spiritual language, we we could definitely use psychological language, and yeah. Yeah. it would be part of our education to yeah. know that um, finding our purpose is an important thing to do. Yeah. And that you perhaps cannot be expected to just do that certainly not on your own and certainly not when you are just 20. Mm. So feeling a bit of a lack of purpose then is is, is not a catastrophe. Yeah. Uh, and you should also know that your sense of purpose and the way you connect to your purpose is an evolving process through life. Mm. And if you know that, then you can, yeah, know what what to expect. And you you could, then, if you are reasonable, also feel that you might want to take a little bit of a responsibility for that process. Not only be aware of the process, but also uh, do things to support that process. Yeah. So so every f- fifth year you might you might. Change your uh, annual vacation to uh, to the beach, and instead go uh, to a retreat mm. and to reflect on these things.
0: Mm.
1: Every fifth year is, is is not a bad uh, a bad schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, certainly. No, that's definitely one of the most foundational steps to take in order to have a more purpose infused culture to to have that as part of our education and maybe this is a good place to return to your question earlier which i never got to answering <laughs> um about why purpose is important yeah please mm. <laughs> yeah mm. okay let's see <laughs> Well, well, it's pretty obvious that we have tons of problems to take care of in, on this planet. And as I understand purpose, purpose is very much a response to those problems. Because purpose, as, as I said, sole purpose is never about only you and you, know, you as an individual, but it's about your place in the ecology of life. Um, so if people don't find that place that, like, their unique contribution that no one else can make, um, (laughs) there's so much potential that is left unused and we really need all that potential in order to get out of this mess. (laughs) Um, so that's, um least to start to answer mm. that question yeah, absolutely i
1: i to- totally um, uh, agree so you can look upon it from from the collective level and you can talk about uh waste waste of potential and resources that we that we need to meet our challenges mm-hmm. and you can look at it from the individual level and see how this would also alleviate uh, a lot of uh, psychological suffering. So it yeah. would be good both both for the society and for the individuals, if we focused a bit more on purpose.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, as I understand it, it's if we do not get a chance to express our true purpose, we will we will in some sense suffer from it. <laughs> Yeah. Because there will be a force within us that's always searching for that, and feels somehow that there's this incongruence between who we are and what we are living. So, and no, no amount of psychological or spiritual or emotional work will will be able to take that pain away unless we we do discover and embody our purpose. Mm.
1: Mm if i'm if i may um i would like this point to uh, mention an other book apart from the world we create yeah uh, which uh, is a book called the nordic secret mm. that is written by uh, my friend lena Rachel anderson and myself mm. and in this book we tell the story very much forgotten story even in 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 Scandinavia how uh, more than a hundred years ago when we were in this transition from being the poorest non-democratic agrarian societies on the outskirts of of Europe to uh, becoming just a few generations later the richest the happiest the most stable industrial democracies in the world how that transition was very much facilitated by the insights of leading intellectuals and politicians in all the Nordic countries uh, around this very important developmental step that we were talking about, where you can say that you you find your purpose Mm. and going from sort of being just, just driven by the purpose, uh, an unconscious purpose given by by society to you and by culture and your peers into taking a more personal responsibility for your life. And and by the way, a a language that that some developmental psychologists are using, they they call this very important transition that we can take later on in life. Some do it in their twenties, some do it in their 40s, some never do it. And that is going from what they call in psychological language from a a socialized mind into a self-authoring mind. Mm. And I really like the expression of self-authoring because that's really for for me a a very good way to express that you are sort of taking a little bit of control over your, your purpose and you are conscious about this and you start to authoring your own life Mm. in a very um, uh, much deeper way Uh, And then also in that way you gain a lot of freedom Of course that you did not have while you were still in in sort of the grip of of, uh, the socialized mind Mm. So what they did was that they a hundred or a hundred and fifty years ago. They wanted to support as many people as possible in these Nordic countries to take this very important developmental step early in life and to get a chance to reflect on their life and their purpose, especially in connection to society. And asking the question, what can my contribution to this society be? Mm. So. Uh, What we did in Scandinavia back then, and this was quite extraordinary, that was that we put a lot of resources in creating what I sometimes jokingly call a lot of retreat centers. So by the turn of the last century, year 1900, there were 100 centers like this created just in Denmark, 75 in Norway and 150 in Sweden. Where young adults uh, in their 20s, later on with full state subsidy, could spend six months in retreat with one of the aims, one of the expressed aims of these retreats was exactly this. To start asking you the question, uh, who am I? What, 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 What are my gifts? What can I contribute to society Uh, What do I want to do with my life? And when this program was at its height, almost exactly 100 years ago, then actually 10% of each young generation had the opportunity to spend uh, uh, six months with one of these programs. And of course, that had an effect on society. Today, we would have said that we we reached uh, some sort of tipping point of of people who were actually somehow in connection with their purpose and wanted to contribute to uh, uh, the the, uh, modern society that was just about to to emerge in in the Nordic countries. And we still today uh, see the effects of these huge programs, but we have to a very large extent forgotten about the existence Because we have now forgotten about the importance of purpose and the importance of this lifelong developmental journey that we are on. Because after the Second World War, we stopped reading the German philosophers that we got these ideas from, from Schiller, Goethe, Herder, and von Humboldt, who all reacted against the Enlightenment philosophers' view of our mind as a fixed rational machine and instead gave us this picture of an evolving mind throughout life. Now, we gave up reading the German philosophers, and we went back to the Enlightenment philosophers and viewed our mind as a rational machine that is able just to take in more and more knowledge. So today, we believe that these centers that were created 100 years ago were actually adult educational centers. Which they were to a certain extent, but the the main purpose was to help people to take this very important uh, developmental step of becoming a bit more in control of their lives and their purpose.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Mm. So I don't see this as a blueprint for what we should do today, but certainly a case study showing that... uh, um, we we, we we do sometimes need to create societal support to help people find their purpose and find their contribution to society. And helping people do that, as we said before, will benefit both us as individuals, because we will live more healthy and stable lives, and it will uh, contribute to
0: society as well. Yeah, certainly. Um, yeah, what comes to me is that there, there's a sort of an obstacle to to doing that um, in large scale, like having our educational systems uh, adopt that kind of a focus, since um, in many ways people in large scale, finding their purpose would, I believe, be a very, how to put it, mm, things would change a lot. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. But but, but isn't that, I mean, okay, 20 years ago, we we could have said, okay, so that's a problem. We will create an unstable society and it's better that things do not change so much. But I mean, now, do we not have a have a more general understanding for for the fact that we have to change a lot mm. yeah. and that we have reached a point in the evolution of at least western civilization where we've gone beyond the point where we can just do small fixes and adaptations mm. that we that we really need to realize that we are in a transformation mm. that for me could go two ways. That either we, we are facing a breakdown of society as, as we know it, we're going into a fragmented world, going back perhaps to a new dark age, fragmented dark age, no cooperation, small, um, yeah, small states and a lot of war. So that is the path of, of breakdown. Yeah. The other path is a path of breakthrough. And then we would break through to a completely new society yeah. that would be organized in perhaps a more complex way, but also most likely a more elegant way. Yeah. But for that to happen, I think one of the things that are super essential for that to happen is exactly what we have been talking about and that is helping more people to connect with their true purpose and to find their own ways with their own unique contribution to that evolutionary process and to contribute to the emergence of of a of a radically new society yeah Uh, and that of course is frightening Because that that involves a lot of letting go as well of old societies, of old truths, of uh, old leaders, and um, stepping into something uh, unknown. And as humans, we avoid that as long as possible. Mm. But I think we are starting to come to a point where we are at least many of us individually, are realizing that that is what we need to do. Yeah. And perhaps we are coming soon to a point where we also collectively realize that that is what we need to uh,
0: to do. Yeah, I sure hope so. Yeah, now it's certainly worth whatever, um, even if that would be a destabilizing factor in some ways, uh, temporarily, it's certainly worth that. I'm just, um, yeah. I, I imagine there may be some hesitancy <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, from and, people in power to, to do something like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, and, and certainly worth it. But uh, we might even go one step further and 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 say that it will be necessary. Yeah, I mean that we yeah. that we d- do not really have a choice.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. And of and
1: of course, I think a lot of lot of suffering might be avoided if we wake up a little bit earlier than when uh, it's all completely breaking breaking down. We can't. We can't. This process of transformation is certainly going to be emergent. And that means that we will not be able to plan this or manage the transition. Mm -hmm. But if we start to facilitate the transition a little bit before we have a complete breakdown, uh, we could still hope that it will be less painful than going through a complete destruction. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and before we wrap up here, um I have a final question maybe just a, a little bit of a shorter answer answer to this because we're kind of at the end of our time here but um if if you imagine a world a society that's where the the force of purpose has been released fully so people are are in touch with their purpose and living it what what do you see how is how is the world different
1: Mm. So, first of all, one one thing that makes it so difficult nowadays to to have visions um, about the future and to mobilize a lot of people around the vision about the future is that development and technology is moving so fast now yeah. that, that we have no idea what the world will look like in 10 years, mm. let alone 20 years. So it is, it is very difficult to have a clear vision of an end state. Yeah. But when you can't really have a clear vision about the end state, it's important then not to to give up and say, well, then we just leave it all to to the market or to democracy, and then we will see what's happening. No, that that would be completely wrong. So I I would say that if we can't see the end state clearly, then we need to to focus on the process. Mm. So if we can't say exactly what a good end state will be we could still ask the question what is a good process Mm. and again both the market and democracy are wonderful inventions human inventions the present implementation of the market and the present implementation of democracy is is lacking i hope that both these magnificent tools will be around in 20 years but i think we will have had to reinvent both the market and democracy a little bit along the way. So if we are focusing then on the process, and especially then to this uh, uh, awakening of of purpose, uh, I I would see a process where, I would see a world where uh, a lot of people, perhaps not the majority, but at least um, a a lot of people uh, are, aware of their purpose and can see how their purpose aligns with this evolutionary process or this transformation and that we can have a uh, uh, open discussion and dialogue around this purpose uh, sorry around this process and how our individual uh, purposes can be aligned with this process, and how we can contribute to this. And while we are still in this transition, that we could hopefully, by making this transition visible and be self-reflective about it, that we could actually help each other to um, Go through this process without uh, having to um, be guided by fear mm. that we would have a, uh, a, a society that we were all where we would all be guided by our purpose, but then also holding each other's hand and saying that these are difficult times, but we are in this together, we help each other going through this and if we are all connecting to our true purpose and trying to align that with the purpose of society and ultimately of the universal evolutionary process we we have good chances of coming coming out in a in a positive way so that, that is my best vision of where we m- might be in five or, or ten years, because mm-hmm. we have to move quickly in this direction. I mean, if we are talking about those time frames, we, we, need, to, we need to have a, a substantial shift in, um, in the world in, in the coming ten years. And if you call that a shift in consciousness, or if you call that a connection to to purpose, or whatever frame you will give, it is certainly uh, all related to an inner transformation, an inner individual transformation that that we need to, to facilitate in a substantial part of the population. In order to be able to uh navigate this transitional process in 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 some way
0: hmm. great so um before we wrap up here, I'd like to give you a few minutes to say a little bit about if there's anything you wanna share about twenty nine k or or your books or anything else.
1: Yeah. No, so, so we, we we already spoke about the world we create. Yeah. Uh, that is really taking this bird's eye view on this universal developmental process, starting with the Big Bang and and following the the evolutionary forces through through the physical evolution, the biological evolution, the evolution of consciousness and the evolution of society and putting us as humans here as as conscious agents in this evolutionary process. Then we mentioned about the Nordic secret, the implementation of a consciousness development program in Scandinavia hundred years ago. Mm. Um, You mentioned 29K, which is uh, uh, an attempt by my foundation in in Sweden, uh, the e Foundation, in collaboration with the Norskjön Foundation, which is a foundation for uh, technology, for the common good. We are together developing a digital platform to support uh, personal uh, development, democratizing uh, personal development and making it uh, freely available so this is a non-profit initiative. It is free of charge. It is co-created and open source. Mm. And if you want to try it, you can download our app 29K and uh, and check it out. 29K, by the way, that's 29,000. That's the number of days you have in your life if you live a long uh, life. Mm. No, so, so I think I... I uh, I, I I stop there. Uh, I have a few other initiatives. I have the Perspectiva Institute in London, who is doing academic research into this uh, area, and uh, can mention the Co-Creation Loft in Berlin and uh, the clustret uh, intentional uh, co-working space in Stockholm. Mm. But um, no, I, I think I will stop there
0: sounds like you have a lot of great projects going
1: on in any case. Yeah, I think in these turbulent times, I sometimes talk about building bridges into the fog. Yeah. We, we we don't know what is there at the other side, but we still need to, uh, to try and, and try out different initiatives and mm. yeah, that's the best we can do.
0: Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much Thomas for being here on the life purpose podcast today
1: thank you thank you for inviting me it was um, a, a true pleasure thank you
0: thank you for listening to this episode if you're interested in the free webinar that i mentioned at the beginning of the episode you're warmly invited to go to my website and sign up for it you can find it at paulisarcom slash webinar, or simply go to paulisar.com and find the webinar page in the menu. I really recommend signing up soon if you want to make sure to get a spot, since there are only a limited amount of spots available. Thanks again for listening to this episode. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you soon.